Do you hear that creepy voice? Recording in progress. <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> but it's not your genuine self. It's your emotionally hyped up crazy self. Hey, if you don't know by now, I'm Jeanette. I'm your host. Welcome to 2022. New intro, same great podcast. Hold on, we're coming at you. Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of To an Extent. We're calling this one Yell, Tell, and Scream. It's not the only way. I've got a familiar voice back with us. I've got Taylor. Hi, Taylor. So we are talking about fighting fair. And I think we had a a good discussion before we started recording about the difference between fighting and conflict. What you do is fight about it. Yep. And for me, fighting is more of an emotional thing, something that you're emotionally tied into or personally invested in. And then a conflict is maybe something um, that you're not necessarily emotionally invested in, or if you are, it's more of a environment where fighting and not resolving it isn't an option. So I I like the idea that you brought up about it being professional because that did help me visualize it a little different professional conflict versus families fighting families are the first thing that i thought of as far as fighting yeah they're always the best ones yes and and they always they always seem to have uh unpredictable elements where conflicts can but i think they're a little little less so yeah, we all know each other too well when we're related. Yes, yes. So as far as fighting, you've never fought with anybody, have you? Oh, not fist fight. I, I can't <laughs> say that. I've never put laid hands on any. Well, maybe my sisters. <laughs> yes, if you're listening, mom or dad, I confess. I, I, think I can't remember that. <laughs> I think that's a sibling thing. Oh, for sure. Maybe not wanting to pummel them. Well, you probably maybe wanted to pummel them, but. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I broke a glass door. Trying to. Yeah, my sister. We've (laughs) locked me out. So (laughs) we've definitely got something in common then. Glass window, I guess. Glass window. (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) So I think with fighting. Um. Fighting, like we said, is definitely an emotional aspect. Um, For me, I compared it to fighting with siblings or fighting with family um, or fighting with a friend or somebody in that sort of capacity. I I don't think that I would say I fight with anybody that I work with or have worked with. I don't know if that that rings true for you. I guess I would say when I thought of fighting... Obviously, the first one that came up was my husband. In my head, was my husband. And then the next one um, would have been friends for me, too. And see, maybe maybe it's a little different for me in a work environment. Obviously, I haven't been there in a while. But um, just the most recent work environments, they were all my friends. So with you, your work, you're management so friends maybe isn't 
something you correlate with your coworkers. So, yeah, I'm friendly, but yeah. it's, it's got to keep that for me. I've got to keep that line or else it gets um, washy and gets a little messy. Yeah. Because yeah. fighting can occur no? Yeah, <laughs> or other things. Yes. So I think for this episode, I think, I think fighting is definitely going to be our focus. And I believe our next episode, we're, we're going to compare that and contrast it against conflict and how to best resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. So for me, I've, I've never, ever fought with anybody ever. Um, but through some, some coaching and some wisdom, um, I've learned the whole idea of fighting fair. Um, kind of like a boxing match. If you go in with no rules, you end up having like a Mike Tyson biting an ear off type thing, like just unexpected. And sometimes it doesn't end well for either party. So my first piece of advice that I found and have heard is um, probably to acknowledge and understand that you're in a fight. That's why they call it the fight or flight response, that stress, stress response. So I think that's definitely a good place to start. Yeah, I would agree. I would tend to think like earlier we had discussed about my kids and I think that it can easily get escalated for them because they're little, they don't realize and they don't recognize, Hey, we're in a fight and it just, you know? So yeah, I think as adults being able to say, Hey, this is, this is getting somewhere. I think we're fighting. Are we fighting? Yes, we are. Okay. Well, let's, let's take a step back. Yeah. Call a timeout. And yeah. I, I think it also takes a big person to be able to say, Hey, we're in a fight, especially when emotions are high and you're at it already. So I, I think the first thing for me, I know the first thing for me is I need to shut my mouth. Like I just need to just stop talking because whatever is coming out of my mouth next is probably not my true thought. Yeah. Or it's, it's maybe a thought that's happening, but it's not your genuine self. It's your emotionally hyped up crazy self. Yeah. Um, and I know that I've said things off the cuff out of emotion that they were just digs that I was, I was trying to just twist that knife a little bit or poke the bear, whatever saying you want to go with. And I believe in our, one of our more recent podcast we did maybe love languages we talked about um the words maybe that we shouldn't use i believe yeah. that's the one yes that's definitely where my brain first goes just stab that knife a little bit with some mean names and yeah yeah do that. no you feel good in the moment but then you realize like oh it's a terrible thing like because i just opened up a big can of worms yeah And then they're saying stuff that they don't mean. It just doesn't, nothing happens. Nothing resolves. What's the point? Yeah. And then the other, other great uh, follow-up to just shutting your mouth. What's, what's the old saying that uh, you've got two ears to listen and one mouth to speak. So you should, you should listen twice as good as you talk. So for me, it's, it's actively genuinely listening. Even when you think whatever's coming out of the other person's mouth is just a load of bull hockey, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Yep. I'm not a great listener when I'm angry or upset or in the middle of a fight. Sometimes I think I just don't hear. <laughs> and 
I think I can be an over listener. You I overanalyze. Read into it. What do they I mean to say? Everything they're saying. I hear every movement their body's making. <laughs> and overthink is my it, middle name, I think. See, and it's funny that you almost, like for me, I shut down. I have, I have a tendency, it's something I'm working on, of shutting down. Where I think you kind of get more heightened and alert, like, okay, I'm going to watch mm-hmm. what's coming. Yeah, I, I might look shut down, especially, obviously, with my husband. That's where most of my emotions are targeted. He would tend to think that I'm shut down. or I think we've discussed this it's probably in the love language one. I feel like this kind of flows. But just that, you know, I, I, I have to process. And I know that about myself. And I'm processing a lot more of what's going on than probably he is. Or maybe not, but it, it takes me a lot longer. So I have to, before we even get to that stage, like I have to physically take myself down a notch and like hear my breath, hear my thoughts, chill it out and, and move on from there. Yeah, I I get that. Um, there's Steve, uh, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. One of... The one of the seven habits is seek to understand, then to be understood. So even that involves, you know, is involved in fighting fair. So I think it's definitely a, a valid principle because it it works. Um, and like sometimes for me, I have to walk away. I just need a time out. And I think part of it is is again acknowledging that you're fighting and also having respect for the person that you're fighting. Like if if I know that you're going to hyper process and be hyper aware of everything that I'm doing. If maybe, maybe we say, Hey, let's come back to this in five minutes. Let us both even out, cool down. Mm -hmm. I think that definitely is helpful for all parties involved. Yeah. But to acknowledge that, Hey, I'm walking away in the intent of coming back. Yes. That's that's the follow-up for sure. Cause that's important. And I think that's a huge step for kids as well, because they aren't, they don't have all the life experience. I know for for me, I still help with youth at, at church. And sometimes when, when things get a little tough, they just need a minute to catch their breath, have it not be the focus. Then we come back to it. Yeah. As a teenager, for sure, that's where the emotions can sky skyrocket real quick. Yes. Hormones and stuff probably also play into that. Yeah, true. Good times. Um, good times. Yeah. Yes. My one of probably my favorite things that I've I've learned been taught. I don't even remember where I got this. It was using I feel statements. Hmm. Um because your feelings can be valid whether they're accurate or not. <laughs> totally different, but you can feel however you want. Being able to acknowledge that okay, I understand you feel that way. And it can and go your feelings may change too. Yes. A thousand times. That's why you can't go off your feelings of anger or, you know, your first gunshot emotion. Yeah. I also think it allows you to kind of recenter yourself. For me, that's that's what it does. I can recenter myself and say, okay, how do I feel right now? I feel this. And I think that kind of helps bring my temperature down on it. I'm not red hot. And I'm like, okay, 
this is what I'm really feeling. Here's the other thing I'm feeling that's causing this and whatever the case may be. And why and where you go from there. Yeah. And when I use pinpointing that, there's nowhere to go. And when I don't use, I feel then my voice tends to get a little bit louder and loud voices, just because you talk extra loud, doesn't mean your point's going to like drive home even farther. I'm just going to try to talk over you or yell a little bit louder. Oh, yes. Oh, it's so terrible. I'm general, generally a low toned person and man, when my kids get going and yelling at each other, it's like immediately my voice hits octaves I've never heard. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to yell at you, but that's just your knee jerk reaction. It really truly is to be louder than everyone else and say, which maybe sometimes I do need to be louder than them, but you know, most of the time you don't, their life does not depend on me (laughs) being loud. And I think that definitely, I think there could be a primal aspect to that. I wonder if, you know, as, as we've evolved, you know, being able to yell louder than something might've saved you from being eaten by something. I don't know. Like that's the first thing that comes to mind, being able to yell louder than the roaring tiger that's running at me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I can see with my kids, cause I'm around them constantly. I can see the next thing that's happening. I can see his emotion or the other one's emotion happening. So I think if I'm loud enough or if I'm quick enough or whatever, and I beat that emotion to his hand or to his foot or mouth, whichever one he's going to use as a weapon, <laughs> then maybe I can, I can deter him from making that choice. And no, that's I- where I feel like kids have to learn that inner voice. Maybe I'm their inner voice for a little while. And if you're louder than their un, untrained, unlifed inner voice, you might be guiding them a little bit. Yeah. I think that's where my brain goes, but hopefully I don't make their inner voice never develop because I just, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think you're anywhere close to that. <laughs> uh, I, w- I will tell this funny story because I think, I think he'll, he'll be okay with me sharing this. So uh, I, a previous job, I won't mention exactly what one um, I worked with a gentleman who was about the same age as I was. And we, it started out as just a conversation, just, you know, general frustration of like, Hey, this is where it's at and this isn't working and this isn't working. And so the conversation got going back and forth and nobody was listening to each other. Like we were just talking louder than each other. And I wasn't listening to what he was saying. He wasn't listening to what I was saying. Neither of us took the time out to walk away. And we ended up getting in a yelling match. And somebody else was in the office with us and they just kind of looked like and they tried to play mediator and neither of us were prepared to have a mediator. Neither of us, I think at that point, acknowledged that we were full fledged fighting until we both like he stood up. So then I stood up. There was like slapping of desks. There was slamming of books, like just full fledged yelling. It took somebody dramatically opening the door saying are you all right and we both the only thing that we agreed on in that moment is we both turned and we said we're fine 
and they just kind of backed away from the door. And then we agreed to, I don't know that we agreed in the moment. We both just kind of walked away. And like an hour later, because we had enough respect for each other, um, we came back and we're like, we both came to the same conclusion of what we needed to do. But literally that time apart was all we needed to get there because neither of us would acknowledge who was fighting and nobody was listening. So that's that's how to not not fight fair. Thankfully, it worked out in the end, but very, very lucky. (laughs) Yeah, because it it definitely in a work environment, it can go sour and you never recover. Well, fighting in a work environment can also um, land you in the doghouse or in the unemployment line. True. Yeah, we were very I was going to say we were very fortunate that we had enough respect and our coworkers had enough respect for us to understand. It was a passionate job and, you know, passion's kind of what part of it was driving. So, so yeah, that one was, but it's one that I always kind of go back to and, and kind of pivot off of how can I do this better? Yeah, that was a very, that. totally valid conversation. Conflict was there. How did, you know, how did we figure it? Well, we took the conflict, we turned it into a fight. Everybody was upset. Other people were involved where if we would have just been mature adults. <laughs> It might have worked out better, but, and I think the other big thing is you can't bring up the past. Like you can't bring up or hold grudges or like, oh, I'm going to use this piece of information later. Mm-hmm. That's when fights get ugly and they're non-productive. Yep. Base your assumptions on a past experience. Can't do that. What's that saying about assumptions? <laughs> <laughs> it makes something out of you and me, right? Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. When you when you start bringing the past up, especially if it's something that they've owned up to and they agree that it was a mistake and they've apologized for, and you bring it up anyways, like so you've just negated the whole fight that you had to get to the point where they recognize they were wrong and you're re- reliving that entire fight. Yeah. Then it just becomes not worth it because then it's like a pyramid of craptastic sandwiches that you're just building on top of yeah I would say that we could all be guilty but maybe that would be something that I have to focus on too on the latter and is just realizing that hey where did we go when we were at that other fight where was this resolved and how do we resolve this okay turn it and remind myself almost instead of bringing it up again and again saying okay he because I'm thinking of my husband of course (laughs) he genuinely cared enough he acknowledged it we went through it the last time like that let's not bring it back up let's remember that that one turned out okay and move on with this one (laughs) yeah there's always more and more and more well and the thought is like if you're continuing to have the same fight over and over that means you're probably not having a fair fight and or um, finishing the fight, which I think that's the big thing too. After you're done fighting, you have to come to a resolve of some point, alleviate the, whatever the fight is about. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's, maybe it's both of you agreeing to let it go, or maybe it's somebody wins, somebody loses. Maybe it's you I'm both win. Yeah. Yeah. But I think just leaving a, a fight open-ended just, it's not fighting fair because then it leaves it open to, to be brought up again. 
yeah. And you just don't feel know where to feel, I guess, from there. Yeah. You might feel resolved in the moment, but actually deep down, like you said, you have to realize what you're feeling to be able to resolve that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Lack of a better thought. <laughs> and I may not be able to understand or feel the way that you do doesn't make yours any less valid and doesn't give me permission to say, well, Taylor, you should feel this way. Cause that's unfortunately, that's not how feelings work. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think definitely at the end too, when you're like trying to settle the argument, you know, being honest and do you feel like this is resolved? Do you feel like this is a fair compromise or something you're willing to, you know, hold on? Yep. So definitely fighting is no fun, but it happens whether we like it to or not. And it's something that I think once you can effectively handle it and manage it and nobody's going to have the perfect fight. I don't know that there's such a thing to have a perfect fight, but I think if when you, you can were perfect, you'd never gotten to the fight in the first place. Right. 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 I think if you learn how to fight fair, I think the fights will be fewer um, less intense and more, more respectful, more productive more like conflicts. Yes. More like probably more like conflicts. Yes. <laughs> but when emotions get high, you know, fights happen. And so, yeah, and it depends on how much sugar you've had that day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or how much lack of coffee <laughs> or food. Hangry yep. is a real thing. Don't fight hangry. Don't grocery shop hungry. Don't fight hungry. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, fighting fair is something everybody needs to do. And I think, well, it's not a all-inclusive list. I think it's a good good starting point for people to jump on and, and think about what does a fight look like. And realize how important it is to be able to do that, to have functional relationships and, you know, be okay to look for resources like that book you mentioned, or even the fight fair book that I know Ben and I have attempted to work together on, (laughs) but you know, there's all sorts of resources, obviously do your research on those resources to be, you know, sure that they're on the same belief system and thought process as you are on things. But I, I am, I think we already did another podcast about therapy and the things, the benefits of that, I, I would never stress enough. Finding those resources, using, utilizing those resources and being intentional in your life. Maybe that comes with age and wisdom, but it's worth it. So fight fair. And if not find a referee. True. So a trustworthy referee. Yes. Therapy. That I think that's where therapy would fit in. <laughs> true. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, maybe you can find a referee before then. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think on I think on that note, I think unless you want to fight me on it, I think we're good as far <laughs> as what we have to start the conversation on how to fight fair. Peace to you. I will not fight you on. It. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. We'll see you on the next episode of To an Extent.